on live for another great edition of Strong Style. That is Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope, of course, into the world of pro wrestling and MMA. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Can't lie, I'm a little winded. I ran up the stairs just a minute ago. Need to work on my cardio. Uh, people who don't need to work on their cardio will uh, be talked about here shortly, which would be practically everybody else on the show. But before we get into all that, if you would like to follow the show, you can do so by searching for Impact Media, Strong Style, um, or any of our shows on, uh, anywhere you find a podcast. Uh, the iTunes Store, Podcast One, all kinds of fun places like that. Uh, if you cannot find us at a place that you normally find a podcast, let us know. We will change that because we want to be everywhere. If you would like to, you can also search for us on Facebook using all those terms. I uh, include myself. If you want to find us uh, just nothing but the show links and everything, that would be Twitter, uh, team Im at Team Impact Media. Went blank for a minute. Uh, at the Impact 99, we'll find me on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram if you want to follow my musings along with the show notes. And uh, 3endzone at gmail.com if you want to email the show about anything. We do our best to reply to that. And who are we kidding? I reply to all of them. Love to hear from you guys. Now... There are lots of fun things to talk about, including a, I don't call it quite an upset, but a little bit of an upset in the G1 Climax in New Japan. Uh, some fun stuff on NXT. We are really starting to see in WWE Triple H's influence over creative and uh, some of the new rehirings. Those are getting fun. But before we get into the world of professional wrestling, let us get into the world of mixed martial arts and more specifically we're going to start with the UFC the UFC just held an event over the weekend UFC fight night Chito Vera Marlon Vera Chito Vera versus Dominic Cruz what an event that was was it not I'm just as you guys know, I'm going to talk about the main card, and then I'm going to tell you about a couple of the little, uh, a couple of the other fights I really liked. But uh, let's start there because they are building up. Of course, UFC 278 is this weekend. That one should be fun. But let's start with Chito Vera versus Dominic Cruz. How many people? And show of hands. And since this is a podcast, I can see all of your hands in the air. That all of you who raised them should show of hands. Who who thought this would go the five round distance? I can't lie. I said I said third or fourth round. I really thought fourth round. Well, at least I got the round right. I got the winner right. Just pure chance, though. Uh, Dominic Cruz looked good. This looked like the Dominic Cruz of old, the one that just put people on notice. I mean, they say he's, what, 36, 37 or something now? I mean, heck, he fights better than half the 20-year-olds. He looked 
good. And of course, this is all set up that Cheeto Vera, he just gets better as the fight goes on. It just seems, I mean, he's not a slow starter. I wouldn't call him a slow starter, but it just seems like early on, Cheeto is just trying to fill you out. He's starting to get everything set up, lay the groundwork, and then bang, fall right through the trap. And it wasn't really falling through a trap. Him and Dominic were were, were throwing, throwing good haymakers at each other, having a good start to round number four. And then he got him. Holy crap, the kick, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just one of the... Uh, I mean, there was another big kick on the night, but holy crap. Just dropped Dom. Ended up being a TKO victory as uh, the ref stopped it at that point. And Chito Vera, once again. Now look, a handful of fights ago, I kept picking against against Vera. Don't know why. I, I not not necessarily on purpose. I just tended to think his opponent was going to win. Well, two fights ago, I stopped doing that. All Cheeto does is he comes in here, he plays his game, he makes you play his game, and then he beats you. Usually later in the fight. And that's what he does here. And you got to think, at some point, he's got to be in a title picture. How is he not? That's a win over Dominic Cruz. That's that's not just a, a random guy or or just a regular UFC veteran. That's that's future Hall of Famer, if he's not already in the Hall of Fame. Dominic Cruz. He beat Dominic Cruz. It was a good fight, but when he got to round four, it, it it's like he was ready to go. Vera was just like, you know what, I got dinner plans. But great win for for uh, Vera. That Bantamweight division is, is fantastic. Um, I don't think this is the end for Dom. It's respectable. He had a respectable performance. And uh, I, I think he's he's got fights left in him. He still looked like it. I mean if he's gonna be if he's gonna fight that good, oh my goodness, he can beat he can already beat probably two thirds of the division, if not more, just straight up. But great main event. This was this was another one of those cards where a lot of people, I was not one of them, a lot of people said, oh, I don't know a lot of the people on this car. This is going to be a dud. It's going to be terrible. It, yeah. Like Dana said at the uh, press conference with the uh, Contender Series earlier this this week, he said, yeah, the, these, fi these uh, fight cards, when everybody's like, oh, we don't know a lot of the guys, not a lot of household names, all these girls and everything. Oh, we don't know them. It's probably just going to be a terrible card. He said, last time we had a terrible card, years ago years ago a lot of times when they're not big names that's when you see them push even harder because they're trying to make their name somebody who didn't have to make his name because uh, well both of them are pretty good is uh, David Onama and Nate Lanweir this ended up going the entire three round distance this was the co-main event and uh, this was just a insane insane fight these two just traded, just threw bombs back and forth, just just center block hands as I call them, mass just smash after smash after smash. In 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 round one, I would say Onama was uh, was probably probably ahead at that point. Then Nate started using takedowns, and at some points he would get all the way to side control where he's only probably 
a handful of punches or elbows away from ending it, and he would stand up, egg the crowd on, egg his opponent on, and they would start back again. It looked like David Onama got a little tired towards the end of it, a little gas, probably because Nate was pushing the pace so much. And, you know, probably like me after running up the stairs there, you know, a little bit of oxygen needed. But uh, Nate Landwehr ends up with the majority decision. Uh, I, I don't know where the majority decision came from because I, I don't think it any, I, I don't know how anybody saw that Onama won the fight. But uh, good showing for David Onama. He's going to do some good stuff going forward. But Nate Landwehr, he realized he was going to put on a show, and so he did. Next fight. Now, this is the one that everybody wanted to know. First of all, who are these girls? These women, by the way. I will correct you all. Who are these women? Even though they're 20 and 23, or their ages, who are they? And why are they the third biggest fight on this card if we've never heard of them? And I think they're both making their debut. Yeah, Dana has no idea what he's doing. He's only been doing this for decades. He has no freaking clue. I think those are his words. We had... Uh, Yasmin, I think Uregui, Uregui, versus uh, Yasmin, not Yaz, Yasmin, Lucindo. I, if I'm in the women's strawweight division, I'm considering e either uh, dropping down or, or, or going up a, uh, a weight class. I don't know. I don't know that I that I want to be. Uh, in the same division as them. These two put on a three-round classic. Back and forth, trading back and forth, trading back and forth. Finally, Yasmin... Is it Uregui? Or is it Uregu? Either way, Yasmin, not Yasmin. Yasmin continues to be undefeated. She gets a unanimous decision win there. And, man, this... This was one of the better female fights I've seen in a while. I would, I would say the best since uh, Joanna uh, Whaley back from a couple years ago. That's that's how good this was. Absolutely, just fantastic, amazing. Uh, next one, Devin Clark took on Azamat. Mirzakhanov, Mirzakhanov, man. Whew. He uh, he realized he had dinner plans as well because early in round number three, I think that was where the other kick was, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he he just he caught Devin Clark, and Devin never saw it coming. Just just smashing blow. Great for Azamat, who improves to 12-0-0. Devin Clark had, had a great performance up until the NA, and sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, and he got nailed. Um, were there two? There were two more fights, I believe, on the main card. Uh, Priscilla Cochera, although they said it a different way. I, maybe I'm saying it completely wrong. I probably am. Against uh, Ariana uh, Lipsky. Priscilla, I always say, has dinner plans when you end it early. Boy, she she might have had lunch plans. 
uh, one minute and five seconds into round number one, she had Ariana Lipsky completely over her skis, and Lipsky is a great fighter. So great for Priscilla. She gets the big victory. Uh, go back and watch her speech afterwards. It's really cool. She says some really fun things. She is somebody that's very high energy, and uh, that's always fun when DC or Bisping or any of them are trying to interview them uh, after the fight. And then lastly, Bruno Silva. The big Brazilian versus Gerald Mearshart. Gerald just doesn't get enough credit. Uh, these two slugged it out for two and a half rounds. And then kind of later in the third, Gerald started to really get Bruno kind of... Uh, kind of out on his feet a little bit, but instead of going for the instead of going for the TKO, he wanted to go for the sub. He kept going for the submission different ways, different ways, different ways and uh, he finally gets it. Maybe he wanted the Brazilian to tap out. Maybe that's what it was, but hey, nobody really picked Gerald to win that. I did. I did, by the way. That's, I'll show you guys that if you ever want to see my scorecard. Uh, I picked Gerald to win that. But not many people picked Gerald. Gerald went out and proved everybody wrong. Bruno Silva is still a great fighter. But Gerald Mishart, on this day, we salute you. Uh, some other highlights on the card. Angela Hill, who took the fight on early notice, gets a unanimous decision win over Lupe Godinez. Or Godinez, rather. Learned how to say that. Uh, Lupe was good. She was a little tentative in this one. Angela Hill was her just dominant take over the fight self, and that's why she won. Um, Got to talk about this one. Nina Nunez gets a split decision victory over Cynthia Cavallo. Cavillo. Uh, it's not real. That's not even the highlight of the fight. The highlight of the fight, besides Nina's performance, because she absolutely deserved it. Uh, she has officially, she took the gloves off. She says uh, she, she's hanging them up. Now, of course, she is the wife of Amanda Nunes, who was also there to support her uh, in her corner and all. But uh, Nina officially hangs it up. Here's the fun thing about her. She got into mixed martial arts as a way to uh, better her health, get in better physical shape. She just started as a hobby and then grew to love it so much that she ended up, that she ended up, uh, I mean, not only meeting her, her now wife, Amanda Nunes, and uh, they, have, they have a child together already, but, uh, you know, she, she carved out a pretty good career. She's, she's had some big moments for sure. So uh, this will not be the first or this will not be the last time we say this on the show tonight. But we salute you, Nina Nunez. Great career. Uh, and uh, she said she wanted to, uh, there's some other stuff she wanted to do. She may still train people and help other people that way. But um, she wants to be a mom. She enjoys being a mom. She wants to uh, maybe have some more kids. I think that's fun. And in fact, they made sure to have uh, her little girl in there too, and that that was that's just a great moment, great moment. But we salute you, Nina Nunez, uh, for all that you've done with the sport and all that you will do. Um,
honestly, that's, that's really... It was a great card. If you didn't see the card, go back and watch it. But uh, that's, uh, that's most of the big parts of it there. So, let's talk about UFC 278. Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards, 2. I'm going to talk about the main card. As I said, basically the pay-per-view part of it looks like uh, a lot of it is going to be on ABC and ESPN. Looks like uh, the top part of the undercard is on ABC and ESPN. And ESPN, ESPN Plus is going to carry the rest of it. So, let's talk about the main event right out of the gate. Kamaru Usman was a minus 400 favorite over Leon Edwards, plus 310. Now, they met eight years ago, something like it, five years ago, and Usman won, of course. These were different fighters back then as well. They, they were not the more well-rounded ones, athletes they are now. And let's be honest, Usman is a heavy favorite for a reason. He has lapped the welterweight division. And by lapped, I mean he's on like his second cycle through of defeating people. There's a reason why he is debating on going up to 205. He wants to skip 185. He's currently at 170. He wants to go to 205. He wants to skip over his buddy who is at who is the 185 champ. He, he said he'll go straight to, to 205 and the light heavyweights, which uh, if he wants to throw in a little bit of weight, he could do that. And Usman is just, he's, he's one of the best on the planet. Not just because he's been champ for a while, not just because he is the champ. Uh, like I said, he, he, he has beaten multiple people multiple times throughout the division. And, you know, after Leon Edwards, I'm not sure where they go. And that's part of why they don't have a problem with maybe him going to 205. But if you think he's distracted and not thinking about Leon Edwards this weekend, then you're mistaken. And if you think Leon Edwards just has a puncher's chance to beat Kamaru Usman, you're mistaken again. Leon Edwards, who it feels like he, he has been held away from this title match for a couple years now. It seems like every time he'd get close, something would happen. I think there was a travel issue at one time. There was a COVID issue at one time. There was uh, an injury or there was a, well, that performance wasn't, wasn't what we thought it should be. So... He has to face another guy, and it just it just kept distancing out to where I'm happy for Leon that he gets it. If I'm, I'll say it, I'll say it. If I'm betting on this fight, or better yet, if you're just looking at this fight, Usman is the favorite for for the for the right reasons. If you're betting on this fight, you might want to say Leon Edwards because at plus 310, I believe that works out too. If you were to throw 100 pucks down, you would win 310. That's not bad to triple your money. And like I said, he has more than a fighter's chance to win this. He's going to have to be on his A game. He's going he's gonna to have to do that. So who am I going to pick? Because you guys know I'll do picks. I'll throw them up on the... Uh, on Facebook and Twitter on my main account and on both of those and you guys feel free to join or if you do ESPN picks uh, where you pick the UFCs and stuff like that just look for Strong Style Pod 
it is a group uh, just join it come on in and if you don't see it message me and I will try to find it for you find the link because uh, the more the merrier if we get a bunch of people in there maybe we can uh, get a sponsor to start throwing some prizes up and we'll start getting you guys some cool stuff that's what I want to do I want to build it and give you guys cool stuff but who am I picking Give me Leon Edwards. Give me Leon Edwards. I don't think Usman is distracted. I do think Usman is the better fighter. But like I said, Leon's got more than a puncher's chance. And uh, I'm going with the Englishman. Give me Leon Edwards. In fight number two, we're going to get Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. Seems like Luke is suddenly starting to try to go the, the full face turn now, to use a wrestling term, uh, which is fine. He hasn't fought in, what, three years? Paulo Costa is a monster. Luke Rockhold can be. Uh, he looks in phenomenal shape. Absolutely phenomenal shape. Uh, Paulo Costa is a minus 370 favorite. That basically means it would take $370 for you to put down to win 100. You could obviously put down less than that, but that's, that's the way that would go. You basically win a third of what you put down. Uh, Luke Rockhold is a plus 290, and he, I, I think I've got this fight at about a 60-40, where Costa's probably 60% going to win. Rockhold's got a 40% chance. I think it's it's that close. In fact, I will, uh, I'll take Luke Rockhold in the return of the century here. It seems like he's been gone that long. I'll take Luke, uh, Luke Rockhold in that one. Jose Aldo versus Marab Devesvili. Devalishvili, let me say it correctly. Uh, Aldo, just, uh, what's that Josh Thompson thing he says? Uh, oh, just a stud. Just a stud fighter, Jose Aldo. He is a, uh, Josie Aldo. He is a, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should be, and he will be shortly. But I got Marab in this one. Marab is, I wouldn't say the young and up, up and comer. But he's the guy on the, on the horizon. He is looking for everybody else on the other side. And uh, I, I think you should take him as well. Minus 140 on him, which means uh, in order to win 100 bucks, you'd have to put down 140. You guys can do the math after that. I think Marab is, is the play there. If, if you're going to bet, fine. Uh, Aldo is only a plus 120. That's not bad either. That's, that's them saying the same thing I just said. It's, it's pretty close. This is uh, this is probably uh, another 60-40 with Marab being the 60 this time. But uh, massive fight. Uh, fight number four. Wu Yanan is taking on Lucy P Pudilova. Wu Yanan has made a, a small career, because she's only fought 17 times, a small career over hammering and uh, knocking around the women's bantamweight division. Lucy Pudilova has done a pretty good job herself. She's had 20 fights with 13 victories. So I'm going to 13 victories to 12. These two, uh, Lucy is the minus 120 favorite. Yanan is plus 100, which makes it even money, basically. Um, I think Lucy is going to win this one. I think you got to give it to Lucy Pudilova. I think this is they're going to want to trade a lot if this goes to the ground. It could shift the other direction, but I think Lucy is going to want to try to get Wu off balance and, and off her game while she's on her feet. 
and uh, I think the fight will go her way from there. And then lastly, off the pay-per-view part of UFC 278, Tyson Pedro at a minus 800 against Harry Hunsucker at a plus 550. Bless Harry's heart. Bless Harry's heart. He 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 has a, he has more than a puncher's chance. Um, I it might be, if he loses and he loses badly, this this could be his out as far as uh, the UFC. Uh, he's a good fighter. I just I feel like he was put against people that he wasn't ready for. I mean, I, I could say that against a lot of people. Greg Hardy was another. Just, um, you know, sometimes you have a really good performance and it bolts you up higher than maybe you should have went. And uh, Tyson might make quick work of him. Uh, I would, if you're going to bet, I would stay away from this one. And our friends at the Ankle Pick Pod would probably tell you the same thing as well. Uh, Dan and Reese they would, and uh, Country Club would probably tell you, stay away from that one. Uh, it's just, God, why would you want to put up $800 to win 100 Although, it's a pretty solid bet. But, uh, you know, Harry Hunsucker is, is on the main card. So, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, I would take Tyson Pedro. But, if Harry wins, hey... Upset the apple cart, Harry. Go for it. Um, I think there was only one other fight. No, two. There's two? Yeah, two other fights that I wanted to mention. Uh, Shayna Young is taking on Miranda Maverick. Miranda is a big favorite. That is going to be on ESPN. That is going to be a great showcase. Hopefully the stage is not too big for either one of these ladies. Uh, I take Miranda Maverick in that one, minus 550. You guys are understanding how the odds work a little bit there. And hey, if I'm wrong, send me a message, let me know, and I'll correct if I'm saying things wrong. But uh, Shane Young's good, plus 400. Uh, you want to take a flyer, throw down a handful of ducats right there. It's not a bad bet, but uh, I think Miranda Maverick's going to win that one. And then there it is, uh, Marcin Tabura going to take on the undefeated Alexander Romanov. Romanov is a minus 380 favorite, plus 300 for Tabura. Tabura is good enough to knock out and knock around anybody. But Alexander Romanov has done nothing but practically just smoke the competition. There's a reason why he's undefeated with six wins. 16 wins, sorry. Sorry, Alexander. Uh, I think Romanov just crushes Tabura. But that's the UFC. Uh, let's talk some PFL. And then we'll talk Bellator. And we'll take a break after that. The PFL had their second week of playoffs over in Cardiff, Wales. Man, that, that crowd looked electric. I don't know if they were quite as electric as here in Atlanta for those three weeks. Maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, but I very much, uh, the PFL are doing some good things. And the fact that uh, there, there are two big announcements recently. They have signed former UFC star Shane Burgos, who is only like 30 years old, 31 years old. So it's not a, uh, you know, a has-been or a washed-up fighter that they're just scraping and 
and pulling in for name? No. Dana come out and said the UFC screwed up in, uh, in not keeping Shane. So, hey, good for Shane. I can't wait to see him in the PFL. I think he's going to do some fantastic things. He is going to boost uh, an already loaded division. And the other thing uh, they've talked about recently is a PFL Europe. It's going to be like a regular PFL, and then there's a PFL Europe, where, for one, people with visa issues, it'll be a lot easier to get into a lot of these European cities than sometimes trying to get into America or other places. But, uh, you know, we had two different visa issues on the first week. Or what? No, not the first week, the second. It was this week. Yeah, it was this this one. That's that's what uh, that's what allowed uh, Mat Matias Scheifel and Juan Adams to to get in and Delano Taylor. They are all alternates. But uh, PFL man, they, you you can call them the third biggest MMA company. Uh, they're not trying to to come take over the UFC overnight. They're not. No. They're doing some very fantastic things. They have a format unlike anybody else. It is entertaining. It is fun. It is easy to understand if you just simply listen to them. And yes, some of you aren't listening to them. But uh, there are some fantastic people. That's that's what I learned in the three weeks that I covered them here in Atlanta live like that. Is, uh, is not just the fighters, not just the translators, and not just the trainers. and, and you know, Their staff is, is top-notch. Uh, just never for a moment did I think there was a, a shaky moment. Never, never once. They do some fantastic things, and uh, shout out to them on that. So let's talk about the four main fights, because they had some uh, qualifiers. They had some other really good ones. I implore you to go back. If you have ESPN+, Plus, go back and watch it. Uh, but let's talk about the main card. Sadabu Sai, or C heard it both ways took on Carlos Leal this one goes the distance Sadabu definitely won two of the three rounds and uh, he gets a unanimous decision win and Sadabu is he's so nice he's just he's super super nice Carlos is cool too but uh, Sadabu did what he needed to do and you know you really want to try to get a quick finish early in the in the regular season, in the playoffs, all you have to do is win, and you move to the next round. Now he's in the final, and he he is gonna face. Well, who will he face? I'll tell you. He's gonna face Delano Taylor, who got the TKO win over Rory McDonald late in the first round. Delano Taylor comes in as an alternate. Remember, I had picked uh, Rory to lose either way. Uh, just the last few fights, it didn't look like was the Red King. Is that is that what Rory calls himself, the Red King? Being from Canada, uh, Rory McDonald is one of the best fighters um, in in my lifetime. One of the best uh, I've always enjoyed. He always goes out there. Uh, him and Robbie Lawler, that brawl they had is one of, that's one of the ones that you know they both left a piece of themselves in the middle of the octagon that night, but it was just a just unbelievable fight. Uh, but we moved to this one. Rory McDonald, 
Uh, loses to Delano Taylor. Delano was was uh, spectacular. He was on everything. You know, he's only 10-2-0. It's it's not like he's just, a, uh, you know, somebody with four, five, six, eight losses or something like that. No, Delano Taylor's really good. He comes in as the alternate, and now him and Sadabusi, Sai, however you say it, I've heard both, him and Sadabu are going to be fighting for a million dollars just in uh, a hand, what, a couple months. So let's go to Rory because after the fight, as they were interviewing him, he was taking his gloves off. He sat them down. He eventually took them with him, but he sat them down. Same as Nino Nunez. Uh, the Red King Rory McDonald has officially has officially hit the switch on his career. Now let's just think about it. His storied. UFC career, always a top contender, always a threat. You know, the Red King was always a threat to the crown. That's the, that's the best way to put it. Uh, one of the best fighters out of Canada by far. I know GSP is there too. Um, Rory, what he uh, he won the championship in Bellator. He came to the PFL not as a name, but uh, for the opportunity. And uh, just. I saw a video where his daughter asked if he took his gloves off, and uh, she seemed excited by the fact that that he was gonna, uh, I guess, be home more. And so uh, that, that's fantastic. Both Nina and Rory deciding to call it quits so that they can be with their family more and do some other opportunities. And once again, just like Nina, Rory, we salute you. What a great career. Thanks for entertaining us all these years. Thanks for always being ready to fight. And uh, just, I mean, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. I know I say that about a lot, but how is Rory McDonald not a Hall of Famer? Whether, uh, it doesn't matter who puts him in the Hall of Fame because any of the three could. I don't know the PFL has one yet. They haven't been that, that far along. But uh, I, could, I could see UFC and or Bellator, or just some sort of MMA when doing it, but uh, the Red King, officially out. Hands over the crown. And uh, good for, you know, Delano Taylor and Sadabusi. So that left the heavyweights, where both the 5th and 6th place finishers and Matthias Scheifel and uh, Juan Adams, they went at it for one of the semifinal spots. Finally, uh, Juan Adams started off. He was using his wrestling. He was uh, his punches were getting through to to Scheifel in the first probably the first half of the fight, and then about mid second round, Matias started to find uh, some space in the guard of Juan Adams and uh, some pretty good stinging shots. And then going into the third, I'm like, all right, well, we we basically have this one one. Who's going to win the third? And three minutes and 45 seconds into it. Matias catches Juan and uh, just just has him out on his feet. It was a good referee stoppage. Uh, fantastic win for Matias. Uh, he moves on to the final. He just, I believe, he either won or was in the final last year. Was he not? He's a fantastic fighter. He didn't have the world's best year this year, but found his way into the tournament, and he ends up in the final again. Now, if you're Juan Adams, I, I put a similar post he posted on uh, Instagram. Because uh, this guy's a like a, a, I think he's a middle school teacher, 
when he's not fighting and uh he, he was always talking about the kids and, and all that and and uh basically i said once again i say juan don't don't hang your head uh it, it wasn't the performance you wanted no it wasn't the results you wanted no uh i thought your performance was good you know i i thought it was good enough to win it's just matias found found some stinging shots before you could get yours in you know and you you put yourself in a position to not only be in this but to to win tonight and to potentially win again that's i can't call that bad when you had the chance to go to the final for the million dollars you put yourself in the situation where you could succeed and only good things are going to happen if you keep putting yourself in good situations this goes for anybody good life lesson here or whatever if you keep putting yourself in good situations, eventually good things happen. Sometimes you, you may have to eat a couple sh <laughs> Matias Scheifel shots to the face. Proverbially, luckily, hopefully you don't actually do that because I'm sure they don't feel good. But you just have to keep pushing forward. And that's that's what Juan Adams is going to do. That's what uh, everybody's going to do. But who's Matias Scheifel going to face in the final, the heavyweight final? Well, he's going to face anti Delia, who took out Renan Ferreira, who is, God, is he 6'7"? That dude is a massive human being. Renan Ferreira, and uh, four and a half minutes into round number one, Ante just never let up, and he said, you know what? I'm not letting you use that range on me. I'm going to get in close. I'm going to get my shots in. I'm going to eventually take you to the ground, and then I'm just going to keep punching you in the face until you stop, until you tell me to stop. And that's what he did. And he got super emotional afterwards. Uh, he, he's from Croatia, which, uh, yes, he does know Mirko Krokop because Mirko was right there. He is one of his trainers and training partners, I believe. And uh, what a great moment for Croatia. He did it right there in front of his, his uh, friend Mirko. Just a, uh, just a fantastic Just a fantastic performance. And uh, I tell you, Delia versus Scheifel in the main event for the heavyweight crown, that, that's, man, that is King Kong Godzilla. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're going to get a couple months to, to see how this is going to shake out. But uh, I got to think Delia has got a little bit of an advantage because he was so aggressive and ended his so early. But we'll see. We will see what that looks like in a couple weeks. And, of course, coming up for them this week is the featherweights and the women's lightweights semifinals. Uh, we'll start with the main event, which, of course, is Kayla Harrison versus Martina Yendrova. Kayla is the definite favorite. We know that. She's the definite favorite. And uh, but Martina is, is no slouch. She 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 is very well rounded. I remember talking to her about playing multiple sports for, uh, to uh, stay in shape and to to uh, work on different aspects of her game. Um, we know Kayla Harrison. Uh, her striking is is pretty good. Her striking is good. Um, her 
her judo is Olympic level, so if she gets you in close, she can practically ragdoll you and put you wherever she wants. Uh, but if you're Martina, if you want to stand and trade for a little bit, you you might could could maybe find find somewhere find some holes in the game of of Kayla. I'm not saying there are. Uh, but, you know, if you want to stand for a little bit or try to set up some things, or if, if you're going to go to the ground, make sure you're the one putting her on the ground. Because if you get in close enough where she can put you on the ground, it's pretty much going to be over. And I believe their whole, their whole car is going to be on ESPN as well, which means they're probably early again. Um, I will look at the times here in a minute. But, uh, I mean, Kayla's going to be the big favorite. Yandrova has a chance. And the winner of that one will take on Larissa Pacheco, who had a very, very dominant regular season. And she is going to take on Olena Kolesnik, the, uh, one of the biggest Harry Potter fans I've ever met. She is uh, fantastic to talk to. So much fun. High energy. She gets real excited. Uh, the pride of the Ukraine. Uh, she's kind of fighting for her country as well. They all kind of are, but I mean, definitely Elena in this in this situation. She's going to have a tall task. Pacheco is very methodical. She is uh, very focused, and she doesn't play around uh, very often. She's uh, you know, so to say, if, if she was uh, an animal in the wild, she doesn't play with her food so much as uh, she's going to get it over with quick. So, you know, kind of in the other fight, uh, Larissa is really good. Um, her strikes are really good. Her grappling and, and wrestling and groundwork is really good. But uh, Elena's got some, some opportunities there. If she can get a couple shots in and uh, kind of change up Larissa's posture a little bit, I, I think she has a chance as well. Um, and then in the other semifinals, we are going to get uh, Raoji Kudo against Bubba Jenkins. Bubba Jenkins is probably the favorite in this. I don't have the betting lines, but, uh, you know, Kudo had a, a fantastic performance. Uh, Bubba Jenkins had a pretty good one as well. Uh, he's, uh, he's also a coach or something on the side. We, we learned that. But Bubba Jenkins should be able to methodically break down Kudo, but you have to watch because Kudo is very quick, very fast. Yes, those are two different words. And Kudo has, has more than a puncher's chance, which may be today's theme, the way this is going. Uh, Kudo can catch you if you are not uh, fully focused on him. And uh, it's that's it's going to be an incredible fight because Kudo is kind of a little bit not as not as well known as Bubba Jenkins. Bubba Jenkins is known a lot for his personality and his fighting. So we will see. There we go. I got times cool. But yeah, we will see. We'll see how that one uh, potentially shakes out. And then the winner of that is going to take on the winner of Chris Wade versus Brendan Lognane.
Dude, it's Loch Ness, isn't that how you say it? Yeah, I think it's Loch Ness. A uh, little backstory. I've said this before, but apparently Chris Wade does not like Brendan Lochnane nor Bubba Jenkins. He wanted the opportunity in the tournament to smash them both. Did not care in which order. Well, he gets Brendan up first. Apparently at some point both of them have said things about his family. And Chris is very much into his family, especially his daughter. He talked about her a lot during the presser. Um, they, look, they're all into family and all. And I don't know what these guys may or may not have said. I, I wasn't there. But I know that when it was mentioned, Chris got real fired up. And uh, real, real serious, real quickly. So this featherweight semifinal, man, I... Brendan is 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 uh, just the warrior type fighter where he just will just keep trading and just try to tire you out. He's got some good strikes. He could he could end this, but Chris Wade is going to be coming with a little more power, a uh, little more crispness on his shots. This could go either way though, because if his emotions get into it, if his emotions get into it then uh, Brendan could could uh, easily end this fight too or win it. But once again, the PFL is going to knock it out of the park. Uh, from the looks of it, it looks like 2 p.m. is when all of this is going to start on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, 1 p.m. is when it starts on ESPN+. Plus and... Um, 5 p.m. on ESPN Plus, so that tells me that the undercard will be at one, the main card will be at two, and at five will be the European qualifiers that they've been doing. This one is live from London. That made Elena happy because that is where uh, a lot of Harry Potter stuff is, but uh, should be a good card. Should be a uh, just a, a fantastic card. Let's go to Bellator. Bellator 284, Naaman Gracie versus Goiti Yamuchi. I tell you right now, I called it. It doesn't make me smart, makes me dang lucky. I called it though, where uh, Yamuchi, I, I thought it would be submission. I missed it that way. But uh, these two decided they want to trade strikes to start with, and. And uh, Yamuchi was able to catch Neiman Gracie and ends up with the TKO victory. Uh, just, man, just fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Neiman will have to go back to the drawing board a little bit on this. Uh, in no way should he feel cheated or like he didn't perform well no the, the two of them were going toe to toe and Yamuchi just caught him with the right one and it ended up uh, not in Gracie's favor but uh, good for Goidy he uh, is going to move on up the ranks a little bit we'll see where he goes from there uh, 
Valentin Moldovsky and Steve Mowry get the accidental eye poke. It ends up a no contest. Shortly into it, you gotta you gotta run these two back at some point. You gotta run these two back. Uh, it happens. Um, Elamale, McFarlane versus uh, Bruna Ellen. Did did this fight even happen? Because I. Because I, I I was trying to find results on it. Yeah, that being a no, yeah. I don't. I honestly don't know what's going on with it because it's saying no result yet. I I thought I thought McFarland won. And uh, I I don't know why what's going on with it as far as uh, why they. I I don't know. Maybe you guys can fill me in. Uh, also told you guys to take. Well, I thought Saeed Soma was going to win, but uh, Gokhan Sarakam ended up with the decision win instead. He 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 beat Saeed. It is what it is. He he won two of the three rounds. He was the most dom he was the more dominant fighter, and uh, good for Gokhan. And then lastly, Aaron Jeffrey, who stepped in last minute, uh, ended up with the TKO win over Austin Vanderford. Uh, great for Aaron Jeffrey. Looks like he always stays in shape, and that's what he told uh, Big John McCarthy. He said, "Hey, I always stay in shape. I always." Um, he said, I, "You know, I can always take these fights like this because I'm always training. I, I'm kind of boring. I don't really do anything else. So, uh, you know, I'm good to take these kind of fights, which is fantastic and crazy, but uh, fantastic. Uh, what's not fantastic is this is two quick losses for Austin Vanderford." That, let me just say this, Austin in no way even knows me. Um, kind of my unsolicited advice. If I'm Austin, I take some time. This is not quit, walk away. This is not take a big vacation. No, I do not think he's distracted by the the uh, other things other than fighting in his life. I will say that I do not. I 100% think it has nothing to do with that. Do I think he was not prepared for this fight? I don't believe that at all as well. I think he was prepared for the last two fights. I think what I would do if I was him is I would change up my training. Some, stay at ATT. Unless you want to leave. That's the only you. But stay at ATT. Do something different. You know, if you normally start with boxing and then move into grappling, do grappling first. Do something. Do something different here. If uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays you normally just run eight miles, then do that on Monday and Friday. Change up something. I think this is... I don't want to say mental because I don't think it's mental. I just think you got to shake these off. They're totally unrelated. They are not a good representation of not a good representation of your career. And you you gotta. I think you should do something different. That's just what I'll say. I think you should do something different in your routine. Change up your routine a little bit. Maybe it's um, 
eat more fruit in your diet or something. I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know that. I have no idea what your diet is. But, uh, like I said, I don't think it had to do with his training or his focus or anything like that. I just think that uh, the he got beat by the standing champ, by the current champ, and he got beat by a guy on short notice that he was not training to fight, who is a good fighter as well. I think it happens. I think it happens. But, uh, like I said, I... Um, Uh, that's that's all the the MMA portion of this show, and uh, for now we are going to take a break so that you can learn more about our friends at BetOnline.net. And after that, we will get into some wrestling. So we will be right back. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, that sports show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back. Gosh, we are almost at an hour. We are going to try to speed this up. A little bit. Good thing is, is uh, I can hit the highlights uh, pretty quickly. And uh, you know, as I said, wrestling is has been kind of interesting because in WWE now that Vince McMahon has stepped away, we get Triple H in charge of creative. There have been some differences. There have been people brought back, like Io Sky, like Dakota Kai. Um, Hit Row has come back. Dexter Loomis has come back. There's a there's there's a handful of them that, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And also with people like Theory, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with him because he was on a rocket ship to the top, but new leadership is in charge. I I think they're still going to continue to push him. But I think it's going to be in a different direction or a different way. But seeing as how I'm already talking, I'm already talking um, WWE, then I think we should start there. So let's start with Raw. Um. Eosky, Fomishirai, Eosky, and Dakota Kai with Bailey took on Dana Brooke and Tamina for the tag team tournament. You should already know what happens here. Uh, I did like that Dana and Tamina made this a really, really good match. They were a good matchup for Eo and Kai, who uh, eventually used some double team moves after distractions all over the place as usual. 
but uh, some distractions to move on in the tag, the women's tag team tournament. I could see them as tag champs. I really could. Uh, we, we got to see Tommaso Ciampa versus Lashley for the U.S. title. This was a good match from Ciampa. Ciampa is, is a great mechanic. He can also perform when he really needs to. He can also lead the match. But uh, he's, he's a great mechanic. Him and Lashley seem to really hit it off in the ring. And uh, this this was a really good match. Of course, Lashley retains, but it was it was really good. And it's showing people that Champa is a solid performer. And uh, I hope he gets some other opportunities later on. Of course, Miz and AJ were towards the end of this, and that that led to a match later on. That uh, you know, well actually, actually you know, I got to give credit to Chad Gable. Chad Gable is in a rough spot because we know another guy named Gable whose brother is already in NXT goes by something else, so that's why you don't know it's his brother. I've said it before. But when that Gable, the Olympic champion Gable, eventually makes his place in the WWE, Chad Gable is either going to have to change his name or he'll be gone. And that's unfortunate because he has become a really solid performer, a really good performer. The whole shoosh thing is off the charts great. I, I put it I put it up there with a lot of, of uh, big movements, uh, some of the, the Miz ones as well. But uh, Chad Gable doing some fantastic things. Him and Otis doing some good stuff. Chad is a, uh, I think, I don't know, Olympic champion. He is a... He's a big champ as well. You should look into his career. But uh, Dolph gets the win there. Another great amateur wrestler who finds his home in the WWE. Uh, AJ versus Miz. It was a no DQ. It, this one involved Tommaso Ciampa and Dexter Loomis at the very, very end. But uh, AJ ends up with the win. It's good to see AJ get a win. And I think, I feel like AJ is going to face Lashley or somebody this week. And that should be fun. Can't wait to watch that one. On SmackDown, uh, in the women's tournament, Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. Aaliyah's another performer that you guys are going to warm up to her. You guys are going to really like it. She's a great performer. She was in a trio down at NXT, but she was outshining the trio so much that uh, they took her out of the trio and immediately put her on the main or not on the main, but she put her in SmackDown where uh, she can do some fun stuff. She does need to pair up with somebody. But uh, they took on uh, Raquel Rodriguez, rather, not Gonzalez, Raquel Rodriguez. And uh, Leah took on Zia Lee and Shotzi. Zia Lee's really good. Shotzi, I am a big fan of. I, I like a lot of things about what she does. Um, they, of course, lose to Raquel and Aaliyah because Raquel is, is real getting a real good push right now. Um, but uh, they move into the semifinals. This is a good match. We had to see Cross, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett backstage doing a uh, fantastic little vignette. And then uh, they say TikTok Drew, and they look through a curtain, and Drew is getting ready to... Uh, to uh, go out to the ring. I think that's pretty fun. 
And it, it's a distraction from the same people facing Roman all the time. We, uh, Roman and Drew, we know we're going to get that Clash of the Castle. That's fine. But knowing that Cross is back, it, it actually, if Cross goes through Drew, it almost says that Cross could go, we could almost have bad guy, bad guy with him versus Roman for the uh, championship. And I think you guys would really like that. I would like that. And you can't have Cross without Scarlet. That's where they screwed up before. And gave him goofy music and other stuff. And this is 100% the right thing. Cross and Scarlet being rehired and brought back in. That's a Triple H move. Um, the only problem I have with the Viking Raiders and Kofi Kingston. Uh, you know, New Day stuff. Is that Xavier Woods is dinged up again. So you get this two-on-one stuff, and it's just not as good of a feud that way. That uh, If it's going to be that way, then I would rather the Viking Raiders take on some other team. I have no idea who, because they don't do much with the tag division. Really, on either side. Now that the Usos have both. But if Kofi's going to be by himself, then I would rather him wrestle by himself, put him in singles matches against people. Or if you're going to team him up, team him up with somebody fun like R-Truth or something. Because uh, it just it doesn't work. Like I said, Hit Row returns. They are a fun group that probably didn't get a fair shake before. But Triple H giving them another shot. We got to see Rousey and Shayna and Liv all in a... Um, kind of a square off segment where Rousey came out and then Shayna come out and she said no if you want the opportunities you're talking about you have to play the game and to play the game you're not doing it right you play the game and then you're given these opportunities and Rousey says no I take these Rousey says I take these opportunities and she kind of storms off and you're like okay uh, Shayna has a point if you try to buck the system or rebel against the system of WWE it doesn't pan out very well Shayna has went about doing the right things, I think, and that's why she gets the opportunity. She does. Because Shayna versus Liv is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Russell, the next WrestleMania is going to be at SoFi Stadium. Uh, I believe that's in L.A., is it not? Is that is that the Rams Stadium? Is that Did I have that right? Because Levi Stadium in San Francisco, so did, I think that's L.A. But uh, that'll be fun. That'll be a massive, massive uh, stadium they could fill up, and I think it's an outdoor stadium. I don't think it has a dome, so you better hope for good weather. Uh, the Usos took on Drew McIntyre in a handicap match that uh, actually included Madcap Moss coming down to be his partner at some point, and Drew and Moss end up being the Usos. Um, it, I don't know. It's just weird that Roman's like fighting. I mean, not Roman. Drew is fighting like two or three different fronts because he's technically still got Sheamus on the horizon. You got Karrion Cross that is looking at him through the curtain, and then you have the Usos and Roman Reigns that are kind of picking at him from the other. So it's I'm not sure, but you move to the main event. You get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Gunther for the United States title or the Intercontinental for the Intercontinental title. They really like both these guys. Sucks they had to face each other. Uh, it's been a good program leading up, using uh, Ludwig Kaiser and all that. It's been really, really fun. 
but uh, Gunther ends up with the win here. I think that makes the most sense. I would like to see Shinsuke take a solid, good run at the heavyweight title and not one of these little one-offs like they did before. I, I think if you build it right, then it's believable. But uh, that was SmackDown. Moving to NXT. We got to see Nikita Lyons in another return match. Uh, as she's coming off her injury, she seems to be in pretty good shape now. Seems to really be getting the ring rust off. She beat Keanu James. Wesley beat Trick Williams in uh, just a bizarre match that it was rounds. And uh, if you got a pinfall or like a knockout then or a submission, then you got... Uh, then you won the round. If you won two rounds of the six, you, you won the whole thing. It was three-minute rounds. I, I guess Trick Williams at some point was a boxer. I didn't know that. But uh, Wesley ends up with the win as he beat Trick twice. Uh, I think rounds four and five or something like that, or three and five. I can't remember. But uh, it wasn't bad except for that part of it was boxing, part of it was wrestling part of it, it just it was all over the place and it just it like screamed Vince Russo and it was terrible as far as the concept uh, looks like Carmelo Hayes will be defending his North American championship against Giovanni Vinci very very soon that's going to be fun um, Roderick Strong versus uh, Apollo was a good match uh, it seemed like Apollo was dragging Rod through the match, and it's usually the opposite. Usually Rod Strong is is the dominator of the match, but uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on with the way they're booking Roddy, and, and I don't know. Good for Apollo to get the win. Pretty deadly get a good win over Malik and Idris. Uh, of course, Briggs and Jensen come out as far as that. They're still going to fight over the UK tag belt. And uh, in, a, in her return, Zoe Stark took on Cora Jade. Of course, Mandy Rose come out towards the end, but Zoe Stark with the win there. Uh, don't forget, Nikita Lyons and, and Zoe Stark are part of the women's tag team tournament up in Raw and SmackDown. I, I guess they just ran out of teams. I, I don't know, so they used the NXT team because I, there's, I can think of half a dozen other pairings I would have used uh, instead of using these two because of where you have them down there but hey it is what it is uh, let's go to New Japan real quick and part of their G1 Climax tournament they uh, we got to see Tom Lawler a lot of people don't know who Tom Lawler is he's a uh, pretty good wrestler he's one of their kind of mid card guys you don't see him a lot but uh, the guy can wrestle he took on uh, he took on Lance Archer and uh, he gave the murder hog what do, you, what do they call him? The Murder Hawk, the Murder Hawk Monster. He gave him fits. There, there were times when Archer just had these these moments. Like I'm not sure what I'm gonna have to do to beat him. And I, Archer, I was right there with you. I'll be honest. And uh, he eventually ends up the winner as Archer gets the points. And uh, helps himself because what they do, it's kind of like the World Cup. You're in a bunch of different blocks. I think there's an A block and a B block. And uh, 
it becomes tournament format after that. Uh, the the winner of the blocks, uh, you kind of based on your points, kind of like the PFL, based off your regular season points, you, you kind of have playoff seedings, and then you go from there until you win the A block and you win the B block, and A versus B, and the winner of that gets a trophy, a big bonus, and all kinds of uh, uh, good stuff like that. Now, like I said, I don't consider this that big of an upset because I have them on pretty equal footing, but former tag team partners, Juice Robinson and David Finley, Fit Finley's son, uh, faced off. These two brought everything, including the kitchen sink, proverbially. Uh, there, there was underhandedness by both. Uh, in the end, David Finley ends up with the win. That's that's why a lot of people thought it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a upset. I don't consider it one, but uh, good for David Finley moving forward. And he actually took Will Ospreay's belt from Juice Robinson, who has been holding it hostage. And he says, uh, hey, Will, if you want your belt, come take it from me. Will Ospreay versus David Finley, sign me up. Let's move to Impact Wrestling. They had a pay-per-view. Let's see, they had their show on Thursday. They had a pay-per-view on Friday called Emergence. Let's go over what happened on Emergence real quick. Brian Myers defended his digital media championship against Bupendor Guhar, Gujar. Uh, after months of buildup, this match was just uh, kind of okay. There's a lot of buildup on on uh, Bupendor getting uh, ducked by Brian Myers a bunch, and then in the end, uh, Brian Myers ends up just taking the belt, just having his belt back. Uh, the Knockouts Tag Team Championship between Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary with their friend Jessica. I'm glad she's not really going by Havoc anymore. It's a different spin. I like it. But uh, Taya and Rosemary were defending against DXT, Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. And I will tell you right now, you guys know I'm a big fan of practically everybody involved in that match. Uh, good for VXT. They are your new Knockouts World Tag Team Champions. I think it's because Ty and Rosemary are going to do something a little different uh, involving Je Jessica and all that, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, good for VXT, and we will see what they do moving forward because that Knockouts division is loaded with big talent. And so uh, we'll see who they end up facing there. Exhibition Champion... Speedball Mike Bailey took on Jack Evans, who finally makes his Impact Wrestling debut. He's, he's had all kinds of issues. Uh, Jack's kind of a, a weird cat anyway, but this was good. This showed Jack Evans to the people who have not seen Jack Evans, and he is a fantastic uh, performer. And, of course, Mike Bailey retains, but uh, Jack Evans had some really good spots there, and uh, I would like to see him more in Impact. Sammy Callahan took on Steve Macklin. The problem is the two of them attack each other at the very beginning, and this match never gets started, which is fine because that means we'll get it somewhere down the road. I would imagine on impact in the next few weeks. Violent by Design, which was Eric Young and Diener at this point with Joe Doring, at ringside, took on Chris Sabin and Kushida. 
Followed by Design, of course, wins this one here with the, having the extra advantage like that. You guys know that. Plus, uh, Saban and Kushida have not teamed all that much, so experience wins. Let's see. Uh, in a Lucha Libre AAA attraction match, Bandito took on Ray Horace. They are former Ring of Honor, um, I think, trios tag team champions. And Bandito was a world champion in Ring of Honor uh, until the pandemic practically ended his run. But uh, these two, man, they know each other so well. It was uh, just spectacular to watch them perform. Bandito gets the win. Uh, I look for more AAA crossovers uh, in the in the near future. Uh, we finally get Sammy Callahan versus Steve Macklin. They have brawled since the beginning of what should have been their match all the way through the arena. Uh, they distracted Kenny King at one point, which he hit him with uh, his uh, little neckbreaker fallback thing. A little sip of the old drink there. Once again, we'll tell you what it is, but they do not sponsor the show. But uh, it's uh, it's pretty good coffee. We'll, we'll put it that way. And no, it was not store. Well, I bought bought it at a store, but not not from a coffee chain. Uh, but finally, Sammy Callahan gets the win in a no DQ match over Steve Macklin. I don't think that feud's going to be over. Macklin and Callahan are very, uh, they have some similarities in, in the way they are, and I, I look forward to some fun things they're going to do. And finally, or not maybe not finally, Honor No More, which was Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Vincent, and PCO, took on the Bullet Club, which are the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champion Good Brothers, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Hikaleo. One of Haku's kids, I believe. And a no-DQ match. If Honor No More loses, they must disband. Well, if they disband, they'd be practically useless. So let's just skip to the end. And Honor No More wins this one. They're still going to be around. Um, you need that faction. Now, the Bullet Club, like I said, you, you're going to see the Good Brothers probably go back to Japan for good for a little while. Um, Hikaleo could show up here and there, but uh, I don't know more versus the Bullet Club. I, I'm tired of seeing it. Uh, Knockouts World Championship. You get Jordan Grace versus Mia Yim. Good match. Jordan Grace is a great performer. Mia Yim is a really good performer. Kind of a unknown a little bit, but these two took it to each other. I mean, there was a lot of false finishes. A lot of just areas where you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And in the end, Jordan Grace ends up uh, keeping her belt. But uh, that package pile driver she does that she got from Samoa Joe is fantastic. She has got it on point. Then that led us to the main event. For the first time ever, Alex Shelley gets a Impact World Title Championship chance. And he has faced the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. I'm so I'm so happy that Alex Shelley got this opportunity. I 1,000% did not think he would ever win it, and he does not. But uh, 
this was the showcase to show the world that Alex Shelley is a heavyweight title contender. Just usually doesn't get the opportunity because he's usually in tag stuff. But uh, overall, the emergence pay-per-view, I, I give him a lot of credit. It, it was pretty solid. It was kind of weird. It just kind of happened out of nowhere. But, um, you know, that's kind of the way Impact Wrestling operates. So, kind of used to it by now. They've got the talent to really just hang with anybody. And uh, I thought they did a good job. So, let's finish up with AEW and we will get out of here for the night. Just I I'll apologize a little bit. We'll probably look at an hour and a half long show, but uh, it was just a ton to get into and got long-winded with uh, fighting because it's a bunch of good stuff. AEW Dynamite. Darby Allen versus Brody King in the coffin match. Wow, this this was crazy. We get the return of Sting. You know, uh, Buddy Murphy and, and Malachi Black have been doing a pretty good number on Darby. While Brody King, who he, I think he lost a lot of blood in, in a hurry. And uh, so... Uh, he, he was kind of out of it for a minute. So uh, those two kind of took over, which was nice. Murphy goes to open up the coffin, and Sting appears. And uh, that was fun. Uh, Darby ends up with the win because uh, <laughs> he actually uh, chokes Brody the way that um, that uh, Brody did to him a couple weeks ago and as Brody falls he kind of bounces into it's, it was a fantastic trick shot and he kind of bounces into uh, the coffin which was uh, pretty crazy uh, next we got to see Roosh and Andrade take on the Lucha Brothers I'm kind of getting tired of the uh, using the mask against the Lucha Brothers thing. I mean, they, they uh, at one point tied Pentagon to the, or Penta to the, to the ring rope so they could double-team Phoenix, and then he ripped his own mask off to save his, his buddy. But uh, Rush and Andrade, look, I like the Lucha Brothers a lot. Rush and Andrade are one of my favorite tag teams right now. Uh, like I said, you add Dragon Lee, it's they should probably win. They should probably win the uh, the trios tournament, in my opinion. Uh, unbelievable match. Uh, this their dynamite card was was absolute dynamite. Uh, we get a thing where we're not sure about Miro, right? And then Miro. Uh, is in the back and he's talking and uh, it's like he gets tempted, you know, because he's doing this this uh, religious thing right now and he gets tempted by Julia Hart from the House of Black and he he basically says no you can uh, tell Malachi where he can stick his offer that I'm not joining up and uh, just I'm through the moon ecstatic there that plus having Julia as the tempter. She's going to really start playing some big roles here soon. And I think this is going to eventually draw Miro's uh, wife, Lana, as you remember her from WWE. I believe we're going to see her maybe sooner rather than later appear. And Miro kind of uh, built his own group to go against the House of Black. Maybe it's just Sting and Darby, but either way, 
that's going to be a fun few that I look forward to seeing. Uh, Ricky Starks with a great win over Aaron Solo, as he should. Ricky Starks, gosh, he's so good that I can't wait for his, his push because uh, he's one of the most talented performers they have, and he's kind of stuck in no man's land at the moment. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing with him. Madison Rain, unfortunately, had to job out to Jade Cargill. Madison Rain is a far superior wrestler and athlete. And uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm a little bit of a fan of hers. I believe she is from down here originally. She lives in Ohio now with her with her husband, Josh Matthews. You guys may have heard of her, heard of him. But uh, it just, I don't know, the Jade thing's getting old to me. They're, they're kind of doing trying to do this, like, female Goldberg thing. It's, it's time for her to leave. That's what I say. Uh, Jericho versus Moxley. Jericho went with the Lionheart version, clean-shaven. The hair was kind of combed, and uh, uh, he more than held his own. Uh, the the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society came down. The Blackpool, was it Fight Club or something, whatever that group is, come down. And then uh, Moxley ended up winning. And then at the very end, who come out to even the odds but the return of the heavyweight champ because there's been so much about the word in a room with Moxley but CM Punk returned and him and Moxley kind of stared each other down there's a lot of mutual respect there's probably some animosity between the two from uh, WWE days but we're finally going to get to see Punk versus Moxley we're finally going to have one champ uh, if Punk thinks he's been through bloody wars before John Moxley is going to drag him through Dante's seven levels of hell twice on Sunday, it's uh, it's gonna be crazy, but uh, I look forward to it. And it's gonna, sh it, Punk's gonna be able to show he can still do it. Let's move to Rampage, where Danielson and Garcia kind of get into it. Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson, because uh, they're gonna fight again at some point. I think they did tonight. I have not seen it to find out, but uh, they like Garcia a lot. He's got, honestly, he needs to get away from Jericho. Jericho's group because they're a bunch of cronies and if they and he needs to he needs to kind of go a different direction if he gets getting drugged down by them and he's not gonna amount to much he's a good good solid wrestler he does remind me a little bit of Danielson a little bit very early on in Brian's career uh, he's definitely no American Dragon not yet but if you hang around Combat Club that's it Blackpool Combat Club if you hang around them a little more than you do the JAS, I think you will uh, be a lot more prosperous. Just my opinion. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti apparently have the AAA mixed tag belts that I didn't know existed. Uh, they defended them against Dante Martin and Sky Blue, which uh, it was a really, really good match. Dante uh, more than holds his own, and Sky Blue is a far superior wrestler to Ty Conti. But, uh, of course, the champs retain some really cool moments if you want to go back and see those that involved uh, three and four members of that at just all playing off each other. Fantastic. Uh, Parker Boudreaux, you may remember him as uh, Gacy's um, kind of crony a little while back. Parker Boudreaux with Slim J took on Sonny Kiss. Absolutely obliterated Sonny, which we're gonna this, this part of that's going to tie back in here in a minute. Uh, but Parker Boudreaux is with Arya Davari and Slim J. They are part of a uh, another little faction they have put together. 
and uh, they will play a part here in a minute. Uh, the Gun Club beat the beat Beardhausen, which was Danhausen and Eric Redbeard. Um, Gun Club needed a solid win, and this this is definitely one for that. And Danhausen doesn't matter if he wins or loses, so uh, kind of sucks. That Eric Redbeard did. Not bad though. Austin and Colton need some solid wins if they're going to take on the acclaimed. If they just keep jobbing out to people, then nobody's going to believe that they can beat the acclaimed. Beating people like Beardhausen will help. Uh, Zach Clayton come out and called out Hook and said a bunch of weird things. And I have no idea who Zach Clayton is. I know he called out Hook, and um, that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like uh, jumping on the floor looking under the bed and calling out the boogeyman. There's a small chance he's going to be there and pretty good chance he's going to mess you up. So you, you have fun calling out Hook. And then in the main event, we get Orange Cassidy with the best friends versus Arya Davari and his friends Parker Boudreaux and Slim J. It was Arya Davari versus uh, Orange Cassidy was the actual match, but they had their, their, I mean their, uh, their teammates down beside them. Uh, of course, Orange Cassidy ends up with the win. Davari is completely underrated. He is really good. Um, it was a good win, and then as everybody was attacking everybody, we get to see the new member of Davari's group, Sonny Kiss, who just got ran over by Parker Pujo earlier, ends up joining them, and I really like the pickup. Sonny Kiss, back regularly on television, fantastic performer. Uh, definitely different. I, I would say almost the gold dust route where you just you wouldn't expect anybody to go that direction. But Sonny does it better than anybody and is a really good wrestler. So in that band of misfits, Sonny works great. But kept it under under, under a uh, if I don't stammer through the rest of it. We kept it under an hour and a half tonight. Hopefully you guys stayed focused and into this the whole way. If you didn't, maybe you listen to this in shifts. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. You can find us anywhere uh, on social media. If you just simply search for any of our uh, shows or Impact Media or Jeremy York or any of those sorts of things. Anywhere you find a podcast, make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. And I am Jeremy the Impact York once again. We'll see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, deuces. <laughs>